Hi everyone, welcome to another session of Foot in the Door. And in this podcast series, we have six sessions where we give you an opportunity to talk about your careers and you can inquire with our guests, i.e. how to get your foot in the door. Yes, and on that note, we will, ex- we will introduce everyone that is part of our podcast. Hi, I'm Siwangile Zulu. Um, I'm an undergraduate student in my third year. Uh, hi, I'm Jason Fraser. I work in liberal politics as a social media and communications person, uh, and I've got a BA degree from South Africa. <laughs> hi, everyone. I'm Clara Splender, and I am a current stay-at-home daughter called Zavar very recently. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Gugu Kazi. I am an HR director focusing on talent development. I'm also an author of the book called Passion to Careers, Nine Steps to Building a Successful Career from Your Passion. And Sue? Hi everyone, my name is Sue Patel. I'm a HR trainer and consultant and I'm the author of a newly published book for putting the human back into HR. Um, and thank you for inviting me here today. Amazing. And I'm Mas Chaba, and I am te- a technology risk professional working in financial services. And on that note, we'd like to start our interview and give Google and Sue an opportunity to introduce ourselves, the, themselves to us, rather. <laughs> um, Google, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and how you got here? Right, yeah. So I um, had a, I've had an interesting career journey. Um, obviously, I'm I'm from South Africa. I started my career in South Africa. Um, I had always wanted to be a social worker uh, when I was young, and luckily, I had role models that I could follow, and and that was. Um, that was um, it came about because of the social conditions of where I grew up and that made me to want to have an impact in the communities that I was working in that's actually how I ended up being in social work or basically just people and people development from then on I just my, my career grew into that I did some studies um, business studies um, I had mentors um, who guided my career and so moved from social work into recruitment. I found commonalities there. My, my biggest focus in social work was childcare. And um, I used to find recruit parents for uh, to adopt kids. Wow. And guess what? There's a common commonality with HR because then after that I moved into recruitment. Yeah. And so throughout I've seen that my, my strength is matching, so matching parents to kids, matching um, uh, people to careers, people to jobs. So that's how I transitioned into, into HR, into recruitment, running a recruitment agency. And then from then I moved into, I aspired to be in-house, to work in, inside HR in a company. It looks exciting and, 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 and I, 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 I joined the company. And that's how I ended up um, moving then from where I started into being um, in HR, and I grew. When we in when we started our, our professional careers, it was still easy. You could come into a company. You knew how the career ladder started. So if you came in as a recruitment officer, you knew the next step would be senior recruit, uh, recruitment officer. You could then move into HR manager, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it was easy, which is something that I think we'll touch on obviously later on, because right now. 
that that's not there anymore. So yeah. so and it was very helpful in in my time uh, growing my career to have those kind of structures um, in place. And obviously, I grew my career up until where I am right now as a talent director for Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Amazing! Wow, well done. Thank you. Phenomenal story. And Sue, can we hear a bit more about you, please? Yes, thank you. It was um, very inspiring for you to hear your story, so thank, thank you. you for sharing that. Um, so for me, I um, my career, so I've been in HR, I've been in HR for over 25 years. I worked for um, Tesco for over 27 years before I got made redundant in 2016. Oh, sure. So I went into HR because I, you know, in the early days of my career, you know, I started when I was 16 on the checkouts. Um, in a supermarket and um, as I started to progress you know I was 18 when I took my first management role on and I really um, felt like you know there was you know I really wanted to be the voice of people and wanted to get myself in a position where I could really speak for employees anyway as my career progressed I kind of went from um, an operations manager within Tesco and I really made it uh, my business now to you know really stand for employees being treated and valued in the workplace yeah so I'm on a mission to really get the industry around HR to really focus on you know what can we do as key influencers in the organization to make sure that people are valued and when they're not treated just as numbers mm-hmm. yeah um, so very much um, you know, my, my passion is about valuing employees. And at the same time, you know, I think they're within HR, you know, many people have done like the HR qualification, uh, but they not, don't necessarily have the leadership skills to influence change within an organization. So I'm currently, you know, really focused around really developing the HR community because um, people don't, you know, not many people like HR, you know, business owners don't like HR, employees don't necessarily like HR, there's, you know, there's over the years been um, a sense of a bad reputation for HR, so I really want to change that, because with HR's influence, we can really start valuing those employees within the workplace, and um, really developing people, um, I think I always feel like when we're at school, we have our teachers who develop our our minds and our thought process. When we go to uni, we have like um, tutors or mentors, but then you start work and then you kind of left to get on with it. And often people need a bit of coaching and men- yeah. And I think HR is in a position where, you know, we can really help people. You know, people stop learning and developing when they take on jobs. Most people do, right? Yeah. Um, and I just think as leaders in an organization, you know, we've got such a massive opportunity to make a difference to people's lives so that they stop, you know, they continue growing and they continue learning um, so that they can go and have fulfilled lives. I think lots of people take on jobs because it's money coming in rather than actually because it's fulfilling something that they're really passionate about yeah and i guess this is what this podcast is all about right ensuring that young people learn from you the professionals i guess uh, sue and, and gugu um and how best we could I guess, learn from that and, and catapult our careers into the career that we want and, and, and how, yes. yeah, and, and what that 100%. looks like in the next yeah. 10 to 20 years. <laughs> yes, for sure.
I think this is a great segue into the couple of questions that we have prepared for this. And Tara, I believe you have the first one. Yeah, I do. Um, could you tell us what inspired you to write your book? Is, is that for me? I'll, yes. I'll both take of you, that. really. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll both take a stab at it. Let me start. So, so, and it follows on very well to what Sue was saying. What, what you find in, in the workplace, what I've been seeing, and I've experienced this personally as well, is we have, up to now, we've been chasing jobs. Yeah. Um, and we, it's been very important for us to find a job. And employers, as employers as well, we've gotten used to being job providers. Um, and because of that, we will find we find jobs, and we, as soon as we get that job, we then continue to passively look for work. So we are, uh, research says about seventy percent of us are passive job seekers. So what we do is we find this job and we're working, but we are not fully satisfied. So we continue passively entertaining other potential yeah. employers out there. And, and, and you can see that it's become acceptable, right? But if you think about it, how it impacts you as an individual, uh, how it impacts your performance, your engagement, and your, your ability to unleash your potential and, and really, truly be creative, it's, it really has, has an, an impact on that. And that's really what inspired, um, inspired me to, to start this movement that we all have passions, we all have things that we love doing and that we're good at. You know, it's such a wonderful gift that we all have. Mm -hmm. Now, some of us are lucky. We, we are able to connect with that. We connect with that from a young age and we grow up with that. Yeah. Some, most of us, we will connect with that, but we lose it as we grow up because of uh, uh, life happens. Mm -hmm. Your parents will influence you. Your mm -hmm. friends will influence you. And you end up losing that connection to your passion. And the intention of this book then is really to start the conversation with us as you know, employees, but also hopefully going back to the companies as well, because both benefits. Mm -hmm. If I am an employee working in a job that I'm passionate about, I'm much more uh, productive, and there's research to this. Yeah, of course. I'm much more productive, um, I'm much more able to be innovative and, and creative. As an employer, you benefit from this. You don't have to do all these engagement programs to excite me for five minutes to be productive. You don't, you don't think about it. If you're doing something that you're passionate about, do you care whether someone is engaged you or not? Because you're so involved. Yeah. You're so engaged with the kind of work that, that you're doing. So so that that's really what I think we, we need at this movement. And that's what drove this passion of mine to, to write this book. Yeah. What is the book title again? The book is uh, called Passion to Careers, Nine Steps to Building a Successful Career from Your Passion. Amazing. And where can people find it? You can, at the stage, you can get the book on uh, Amazon and they do deliver across the world. I'm, I'm still working on getting it distributed into shops, also globally. Nice. Fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. And, and Sue? Could you tell um, us what inspired you to write your book? Yes, sure, thank you. So, um, my inspiration for writing the book was actually from a leader's point of view in terms of HR. So, you know, as I said earlier, HR is a massive influence or a key stakeholder within um, most companies, but often they're not respected and they don't have the leadership skills to create the cultures and, you know, really develop people the way that we would want them to be developed. But my, uh, my book is really to inspire HR professionals to kind of really take on their leadership, you know, one, work on their mindset around, you know, really 
you know, lots of them go to um, get the qualifications, for example, the CIPD in the UK, and um, they get the qualification, but they're still not sure how to really apply it within the workplace. They don't have that um, experience or the leadership skills around building relationships with people, how to, again, what Guvi just said around really engaging with people, all of that kind of stuff. So really building on their leadership skills, but also, you know, HR has become very um, process, strategy, all of that kind of stuff, rather than actually going back to basics and saying to individuals, like, what's really important to you? And how can I serve you, right? Mm. Um, with what you want in your life. I think, um, you know, again, what Guvi just said there around engagement, you know, we want to create environments in our organizations where employees are self-led, they're accountable for their own performance, and, you know, they know what they need to contribute towards the company's vision, um, to their own vision, and they're working on themselves and their own leadership, if you like. You know, so for, the, for me, the book is around HR really providing that kind of environment for people in the organization and to really facilitate that. Because business owners are, you know, they focus on the business and growing the business, you know, they work on getting revenue and all that kind of stuff. But actually, HR's function is around people and really involving not just, you know, kind of set in a room somewhere in the, in, the, in the building, but actually being out there amongst the people, you know, really engaging with the teams, the managers, and really mobilizing everybody within the business, you know, to really look at what's important to them and drive not only the company objectives, but also personal objectives and just become self-led. Just as an example, you know, today, um, you know, I sat in on a review for a, um, a client that I was working with and the way we set it up is so that every employee leads their own performance review. You know, they term, they come to the meeting saying, this is what I'm going to work on, this is what I'm going to contribute to the business this year, and these are the areas that I really want to develop myself in. I want to get this exam done, I want to develop my, I don't know, my skills in, I don't know, my confidence skills or whatever that is. Yeah. And it's so great because when it's self-led, again, you don't have to go there and manage people, mm -hmm. you know. It's um, so much more simpler and easier, but also people are just being responsible for their own lives. Definitely. Which, um, really excites me. Please remind us what the book's name is, is and so where my, people can get it. My book is called Putting the Human Back into HR, Success as a HR Professional Begins with You. And it's available on Amazon. Amazing. I can send you the link actually later on. Okay, great. And on that note, I think I like the last example that you shared about people talking about careers. Spongin, I think you have um, a question related to that, actually. Yeah, so I, I wanted to know what kind of skill sets does one need in order to develop a career in HR? Coco, shall we start with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... The answer will be twofold. I hope you'll allow me for that. So there's skills um, that as HR professionals we have right now, yeah. right? So um, first of all, I think you need to be passionate about uh, people and having impact in, in, in people, mm -hmm. in people's lives. You've you got to have that because HR has to do with that. You either have impact them in, in finding a job, in developing them, in growing them. So you've got to have passion around that. Then 
and, and that's consistent, that won't go away. But then there's skills that as HR professionals we've grown up with, right? Um, and that we, we, we have, that is changing. And, and there's a huge uh, change that is coming upon our faces. I'm not sure whether we're ready for that or not, that we have to really deal with. But let's, let's start with the skills that we, we need to have right now. So, so um, this, we, we, we all need to have, you've had uh, the talk around analytical skills. Yeah. You all, we all need to have problem solving skills. Mm -hmm. we, we all need to be able to work collaboratively um, as HR because you deal with a lot of stakeholders, employees, um, um, team leaders. So all those collaborative skills, it's critical. And then I spoke earlier, I think digital is also becoming an inherent requirement of the skills that we have. We, we need to have digital social media. Now, the new trend that's coming that we need to prepare ourselves as, as HR professionals, I hope Sue, you will agree with me uh, on this one, is that um, employees up to now, we've treated employees as employees. We provide you with the job, you are happy with the job. But with the new generation that's coming into our workplaces, employees are expected to be treated as customers. Right mm -hmm. now, if yeah. you have an HR department that's used to treating employees as employees, providing um, a, a one uh, one uh, solution fits everyone, that's not gonna that's not gonna work with the new generation. So we need skills around customer management. So we need to learn from our colleagues in the marketing and then the customer management teams how how do they do the customer segmentation so that we bring that into our uh, our own um, house in terms of how we're gonna segment. The, our employee, our employees, so that we can customize the solutions and provide personalized services to our to our employees, the same as the customer management team would do or the marketing um, team would do. So those are the, uh, if I, I put it in a package, those customer management skills are becoming very, very critical. I think in future, if I was to be an HR director in future, when I hire my HR business partners, I will actually steal from the sales team. I will actually steal from yeah. the marketing team. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. wow. Sue, would you like us to repeat the question or would you do you have something additional to contribute there? Yes, so I think um Google's absolutely right. I think um, you know, HR in the old days was very much just a function and it was very transactional and that role is going to be dead very soon in HR, you know, especially with the introduction of AI. And, you know, we have got to be really, like, um, on our toes, really, about, you know, what we are going to be doing in HR um, in the future. You know, it's not going to be around looking at policies and processes and uh, ticket boxes and uh, making sure policies are reviewed and they're adhered to and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's actually going to be about really making a difference. You know, I'm I'm looking at, you know, the HR manager's role becoming like a HR leader um, or a HR visionary. You know, that's, that's the level that we need to be operating on where we're actually not in offices, sitting on our own, isolated. We're actually in the amongst the organization and very much providing a service to our employees. Mm. And, um, and that service is around, you know, what do they need? Like, how can we serve them? you know, and provide them with what they need to make it a great place to work, you know, whatever that is, whether it's um, holiday days, whether it's 
you know, development, whether it's, um, you know, I don't know, rewards and benefits, whatever that is, it's really serving the employees with what they want. I mean, in the old days, you know, we used to provide um, benefit schemes that were just, you know, again, one size fits all, but, you know, they don't suit everybody. You know, we're just assuming that everybody lives the same life, you know, based on what our standards and ideals are. But actually, you know, I see HR as, you know, um, a service that really serves employees, not just employees, but the management, the leaders in the organization, the directors, you know, with what's important for them, what do they need, like how can we really make sure that everybody's growing within the organization and be people who look at building capability within the organization. Um, and again, that comes with, again, what Gugu shared earlier is, you know, we do need a skill set in HR. So, you know, having the background around, you know, what does that involve? Like, you know, whether it's absence management, whether it's how to do appraisals, but, you know, all of So there is a skill set there. Mm. But fundamentally, it's about the leadership of the team, people, you know, like just really how we're going to grow and develop people. Okay. Sounds really good. I think... If we think about the upcoming um, graduate schemes program, probably at the end of summer, looking ahead to September, um, our listeners would be quite keen. I think there might be a question or two around that. Spongila, I think you might have had a question around graduate schemes. Yeah. Um, well, firstly, I, I'd like to ask about the interview process. So what makes a good interview? Can you describe what that looks like? So the, the tip I always give when you go for an interview is most people like talking about themselves. Most, not, not all of us, but most people like talking about themselves. Most people like bragging about themselves, their achievements. It feels good, doesn't it? It feels good. So I always say an interview is just an opportunity for you to go talk about yourself and brag about yourself, right? So if you start from that from that perspective and you prepare for your interview from that perspective. I think that's a good positive start. Mm -hmm. um, and then you come prepared around what sort of looking at the job that you're applying for, what sort of um, what is the employer looking for and prepare yourself around that. In my book, I, I really have dedicated a chapter around how you can prepare yourself for the interview. What sort of questions are employers asking um, out there? and I'm not going to go, go into detail around that. So just think around what sort of questions related to the job that they will ask. And then think about yourself. What are your achievements and your, your passion, your skills that you'd like to, uh, to share? And, and go in there looking forward to sharing more about yourself. But something that I also want to emphasize, which we, 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 we don't um, consider enough, is you are going in there to to also find out more about that company. As much as they are interviewing you, you should also have that in mind that you want to determine whether you, you can work in that company and be successful. Because as I say as in my book is you, the certain passions, the certain, certain skills that might not flourish in certain cultures, organizational cultures, and that's not bad, but it, it, so if you are innovative, if you like doing new things, you like change, etc. You, if you go for an interview in a company that's very conservative and traditional, they like keeping things the same way, um, and the structure, you, you are killing your passion. Mm -hmm. 
So, so you're going into that company, you're going in to find out about the leadership of that company, you find out about the culture of that company so that you can see if they like you, do you like them? And you make the right decision. So, so those are, I think, in, in a summary, that's what those are some of the tips I can give. Thank you, thank you. Um, I was wondering, Sue, if you have anything to add on that. I think um, Google's like the expert in recruitment because that's pretty much her background. <laughs> 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 However, what I would say around interviews is that we've got to just start creating um, almost like. Um, influencing graduates or people who are going for interviews or people who are conducting interviews that actually it's just a conversation and that's what an interview needs to be a conversation uh, you know two people finding out about each other and finding the best fit mm-hmm. so that's the first thing the second thing is around really values is you know for people to go for jobs or work for companies that really you know endear to their own values you know, because otherwise, again, what Guru said earlier was that we end up then constantly looking for other jobs because their values of this company don't fit with my values. Mm-hmm. You know, so really kind of gauging like around whether the values fit and not just taking a job because it's going to bring you in the money. You know, like going through this whole process is stressful anyway, right? When you're looking for jobs and, you know, or you're unhappy in your role and all that kind of stuff. And as well as leaders having an... Um, a duty to making sure the employees are happy there's also an element of the employee kind of being in the right place because if you're not in the right place you're not going to perform mm-hmm. you know you're not going to be part of the team yeah. um, and it's just going to get difficult to manage and you have got to really find your happiness in a place where you know your values fit in but also just the last thing that I just want to kind of just share around that is we've got to start looking at you know what are we committed to so if I go to a company, if I work with a client, for example, yeah, and um, it's very similar, right? You know, we go in and we talk to a client, and you know, but it's really about for me as a leader is what am I committed to? So I'm really committed to making a difference to the organisation and to the people in that organisation. Like I'm really committed to that, and because I'm really committed to that, I'm going to do whatever it takes, and, and whatever that takes could be that I need to develop myself to be able to then go and deliver on my commitment to that company. I love that. That also makes me think about how I engage with my teams and how we engage as within our own company. So that's, that's these, the, what we've both said has really been useful. Thank uh, you. And... Um, I, I have an yeah. interesting question, I think, and Sue, maybe you can answer this one. Um, first, I guess. <laughs> um, so, in terms of social media, how is social media impacting HR um, in 2019? Because yeah. marketing and PR, you know, in contemporary times, looked a lot different. Let's say eight years ago. What did the what did the space look like eight years ago, and what does it look like now in in 2019? And, and how is social media affecting HR? Okay, so uh, great question. Uh, so I'm going to just answer it in terms of my experience around it, right? So eight years ago, I was employed uh, by a company. And generally, when you're employed by a company, you're sharing other people's material or you're sharing slight insights, for example. I mean, back eight years ago, I wasn't even on social media, right? <laughs> I, was, I was completely relying on my company, 
um, to provide for me and, you know, I didn't really use it as a network. You know, and I'm not saying that, you know, it was a great place to be, but, you know, having been on the other side now where I'm more of an entrepreneur now rather than an employee, you know, I can see as an entrepreneur in HR, like social media is like my livelihood, you know. <laughs> for me, it's, um, it's brought me in, you know, lots of opportunities. It's really helped me raise my profile. It's really helped me get lots of clients um, and contracts. Um, but also build credibility in the field out there. So that's, for me, that's how massively it's changed within the last two years. You know, for me, social media is is my, almost like my, I don't even need a website to be honest, I just kind of go on social media and share my messages, whether it's a video, whether it's a post, um, or an article, or a blog. Um, so that, you know, for me, is a um, you know, massive, massive impact. And now I'm sharing, as I'm connecting with more um, HR professionals, you know, I'm, I'm finding more and more HR entrepreneurial people. Mm. So there's a big difference between HR as an employee mm. and HR, say, for example, a consultant or an entrepreneur who wants to make a big difference in the, in the communities out there. Mm. Um, those that want to make a massive difference out there are very heavily on social media, sharing a message, making a difference to people, really engaging with people. Um, I do generally find that people that are employed as HR professionals, whether it's a HR manager role, even like you know, like my directors from my old company, you know, I don't see much of them really sharing on social media because they don't have to. You know, they're very safe. Um, you know, they work in their own in their world in their organisation, and they don't need to, you know, network on there unless. They go on there to whether it's job hunting or to you know they're out there on the field looking for jobs. Mm. They very really use it to share a message. Um, that's what I'm finding anyway. But for me, it's like my livelihood, and and you know I I think social media is amazing. Brilliant, thank you. And and Gugu, maybe you can on the reverse side of that, maybe some of the graduates or uh, the young professionals that are wanting to pursue different careers, what are some of the things that, in terms of social media, that they have to worry about? So not within the HR practice side, like basically, do yeah. you check our social media <laughs> before, we get, before we get the job? Do you check our social media? And does that impact our our job in you know our potential job in the future do you so, vet us that's a good question and that 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 area is bound to grow yeah and and i don't know whether the answer you like the answer or not <laughs> but currently yes okay yes so um your recruiters do look at your social media wow and there's actually now companies yeah. just like you know just like um, I think in other, in some countries, especially within the EMEA region, before they hire you, they will do financial 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 checks. checks. They mm -hmm. would do uh, so that credit checks or criminal checks or whatever. Just like they would do that, there's now a social media uh, check that they would do. They would produce a report on that. Wow. Oh. Yes. So they, and there's companies that provide a service like that. That is fantastic. That, that's Scary. the start. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's the start. Now for those with creative minds. Think about in future, you could actually even be able to produce some kind of a, a profile. This individual's yes. analysis yes. of uh, my profile 
my social media profile. So you analyze my likes, you analyze my comments, everything I do in the social media, all my, my social media profiles. You analyze it and you produce some kind of a psycho and a, um, and a, a psychometric, not, I wouldn't even call it a psychometric test, but it could be done to analyze you and yeah. create some kind of a, a profile, your personality profile of some kind. Um, that employers could do. I'm not saying it's happening now, yeah. but there's potential. So that's that in the next so. eight years, basically. Well, <laughs> looking at the time, like the way things are changing, yeah. I wouldn't say eight years. Okay. I would say about, someone might even say, uh, make a note comment and say, actually, it's happening already. Okay. <laughs> so you would never know. <laughs> and I think we just have time for one last question. Clara, do you want to give that a go? Yeah. So could you tell us? Sue or Google if you'd like, um, what employers are looking for and what to you is an example of a good employee? Sue, do you want to go first? I was going to let you go because you're heavily into recruitment and good. I am. Okay, let me, let me, let me give, uh, thanks for that Sue. So, and this is, this is now a secret that I'm sharing with you, right? Oh. I'm like, I'm like, like really now going deep right so there's a in companies what we we do is we forever looking for employees we would normally call them top talent high performers right so they, they would no employers actually segment employees now right and the reason there's this kind of segmentation is because you want to know who are the people that you want to invest in developing so that they can take on leadership roles or other important roles that are critical for your business to be successful. So most employers do that already. Mm -hmm. And the secret and what we look for when we identify those, which I think as a graduate, if you come with, with that already, uh, it's a big plus, is one, it, it's really nothing, you're expecting something big, right? Yeah. It's really <laughs> nothing big. So one, employers like someone who's adaptable, and I'll tell you why there's so much change happening right now and it's not going to stop. So there's like lots of uncertainty in the workplace. So someone who's adaptable, when there's change coming, they can adapt and they can, they can do something different quickly. Mm. That, that works well. They like also someone who is able to learn new skills quickly. Mm. As you've heard and you've read, um, our skills are becoming obsolete very quickly. Mm. So someone who's able to learn new skills and, and challenge themselves and, and be open to, to learning new skills, that, that's, that's a plus. And then there's then something around being, a, being collaborative, how you engage with other, others, how you work with others at work. Are you collaborative? Are you, um, do you wait to be told what to do or do you contribute? Are you proactive? And you, you're not only looking at my portfolio, I'm doing this only. You do your own work, but also you contribute in others as work. And you want to make, you want to be successful, but also you want everyone to be successful and you play a role um, in, in, um, in that. And then someone who's, uh, who's got drive to be successful, this person who comes into an organization, we talked about passion, they demonstrate already their passion. And also they are not only looking at, this is my job, you hired me to do this job and that's all I will do. If I, if something else you come to say, no, this is not part of my job description. Mm -hmm. No, someone who's, who's got drive, they, they will, you will do your job, but you also willing to take on and do more and, and stretch yourself and do more. And you demonstrate that you're willing to grow. You want to grow with this company. That 
you, you can imagine there's no experience required for that, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's some behaviors that you just come in as a graduate and you demonstrate as you land in your role. And, and I could give you tips in terms of how you can, what some things that you could do so that you come across like that. But I think it's another conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is a conversation that should definitely be continued another time. I want to personally thank Sue and Gugu for being such amazing guests. You have shared pearls and pearls of wisdom. And okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I'm really glad you invited us. Thank you. And on that note, uh, we'd like to end our session of... Put it in the door!